Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. But, um, yeah, so Russian sausage magnates that always makes me think of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Abe Froman, the sausage <laughs> king of Chicago. Yeah. Uh, right uh, before you said that, we just got the, uh, an Abe Froman text. So thank absolutely. you. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, deserves an Abe Froman uh, measure. Uh, uh, Craig, r- uh, roughly uh, 70 rubles equates to one U.S. dollar. Okay, well, that's 9.97 billion rubles. That's still quite a bit of pocket change in in, uh, in American cash, uh, no doubt about that. I always, I always had um, a desire to be considered a magnate or a mogul of some type, and I don't know how I could become either or, but those two titles have always fascinated me. Why do I get the feeling you could become a magnate of Florence? Uh, well, I don't, I don't think it would take much. Yeah, there's not a lot of competition there, Craig. I wouldn't yeah. think, but uh, you could be a magnate of Gerald too if you wanted. You know? No, I would rather be considered a sausage magnate than be the, be any kind of magnate or mogul in Gerald. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, you just you know. Trying to help out here, saying that you're wanting to be a mogul or a magnate. You know, I might be able to just put, just put it in your Twitter bio, and you'll make it so. After a year, just, people just start start saying it. Ah, all maybe. That, yeah, all that perception it. is reality. Snoop, is that how that yes, works? Yes. So okay. I guess I guess the wiener business in Russia is really good then, if he's making that much uh, money. That's one way to describe it. <laughs> yep. Uh huh. Um, okay. Um, we've talked about this this thing before. This. Um, propensity or this aversion that that uh, the three of us have had for various and sundry reasons to get on like roller coasters and and uh, you know fast moving high arcing uh, rides and things like that correct and and Jeff if I remember correctly your reasoning is along the same lines as mine and that's just keeping from getting hit and hurt on some of these jarred around right I just I just think you're your body and your equilibrium reaches a point probably when you're in your early to mid 20s where you just, you just can't do it anymore i think yeah. i think like your your teenage years or your pro, like your high school years are your prime thrill ride years it's a great way to put it because now what's being described as a walk of shame for theme park visitors are the ones uh, who are having trouble fitting into a seat like at the Harry Potter and Forbidden Journey ride at Universal Islands of Adventure in Orlando. And one guy said it was like my ideal, I was like my ideal wedding weight and I sat down on Forbidden Journey and the thing came over my shoulders and I really had to squish down but I clicked in and it was like I got it and so apparently it's now become an embarrassing point for people whose physical stature does not suit the uh, tight quarters of getting in a ride, okay? Um, so it, it, there's there's a lot of people that have that have uh, tweeted about this, the walk of shame. I think you and I probably fit in that category. Snoop could still get in it easily. Snoop's problem is he's just afraid to get on the rides, right, yeah. Snoop? Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, it's I, like tapeworm. Snoop, yeah, uh, got you. Snoop, you ever been in an apartment or a dwelling where someone had to do the walk of shame? 
Have you? Have you? Still. Have you? <laughs> still. This walks of shame still. that happened at Dell Valley. Okay. You ever been a yeah. Richard like me and my college buddies were? Somebody coming through, you know, one of your one of your roommates doing whatever. Somebody comes through doing the walk of shame, and you give them a standing ovation. No, 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 no. That's oh god, that would be oh, so terrible. Bad. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to give you this one other story, and then we'll take our top of the hour break, and then we'll do the I-35 story. Uh, I, I, I couldn't resist this because I know how both of you feel about mayonnaise, right? Neither of you guys like mayonnaise, No, right? I love mayonnaise. Oh, no, it's good. Oh, it's Rod. Like mayonnaise. Rod, Rod. Oh, well, I know Rod, Rod uh, has an aversion of all white condiments. That's that's we, We've learned that, too. I prefer Miracle uh, Whip over regular mayonnaise. So do I. I I'm a Miracle Whip guy, too. Uh, you know, but um, they, it, you know, the Duke's Mayo Bowl is, is today. Oh, so good lord! You know what happens at the Duke's Mayo? Yes. Bowl. The winning coach what? gets the gigantic oh, cup no, of Duke's no, Mayo. No, they dumped don't. On him. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah, they do. Go pull it up on YouTube during the break, Snoop. Shane, yes. Be- Shane Beamer did it last year. Yep. Got a Gatorade bucket year, full of mayonnaise dumped on him. <laughs> yeah, because he beat he beat <laughs> Mac Brown in North Carolina. Mac said he was. He, he would have been glad to take the no. bucket of mayo. Um, this year, it's either NC State head coach Dave Doran or Maryland head coach Mike Loxley will have the honor of getting dumped on the 2022 Duke's Mayo Bowl, and they have held a contest now. It's now become this this big thing to be the the winner who gets to dump the Duke's Mayo on top of the winning coach. So, um, uh, Allison Vick, the owner and founder of Little Blue Bakehouse in Raleigh, North Carolina, was a Dukes fan before she was a college football fan. She went to NC State. She grew up in North Carolina. She said Dukes mayonnaise was built into your core memories. She didn't go without it until she moved to Austin, Texas in 2011. Now she's been able to get it since. But they now have a big contest where you pick two winners to dump the mayo on the winning coach. Snoop, would you be on board for that? Nah, if it, you I know, mean, if they've been winning a game. No, no, I'm not no Duke's Mayo that. for you. I, I like mayonnaise, but I just watched the Shane Beamer clip again, and it makes me want to vomit. <laughs> I know, it's all gloppy oh, and stuff. It's yeah. kind of nasty looking. Yeah, yeah. Right. You win, coach. <laughs> I would. I, I will tell you right now. I would rather have had the Duke's Mayo dumped on me than what happened to me yesterday. Dang. That's coming up next. Hour number two of Light the Tower coming up right here on the Horn. Services Studios. You're listening to KTXX FM and HD1 BK, KTAE AM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock. Darren Hogan for Bud Light. And by now you know Bud Light is the official domestic beer partner of the University of Texas Longhorns. Be on the lookout for those limited edition Longhorn cans and bottles wherever you buy beer. The beautiful burnt orange Bud Lights will also be available at Moody Center. So grab one while you're rooting on the Longhorns basketball teams this season. And hey, please, if you plan to raise a Bud Light with friends and family this holiday season, which I'm sure you will, don't forget to plan a safe ride home. Decide to ride this holiday season and keep the holidays merry, bright, and safe for all. Decide to ride. Happy holidays from the Horn and our friends at Brown Distributing. Longhorn football has one more game in 2022. Texas faces Washington in the Alamo Bowl for a shot at nine wins and momentum for 2023. Catch all the action this Thursday. Longhorn game day brought to you by Bud Light starts at 4 p.m. from Lavaca Street Bar Rock Rose in the Domain. Come out for the watch party, play the free squares game for prizes, and enjoy the game with us. Kick off Thursday at 8 p.m. Longhorn football on the Horn, Coke FM, the Horn app, and the Coke app. 
against sludge and wear with a synthetic oil change. O'Reilly Auto Parts has five parts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil for $35.95. Plus get two times O rewards. Second hour of Light the Tower on the Horn. Craig Way with you at the Longhorns Team Headquarter Hotel in San Antonio. Jeff Howe back in the ARN studios alongside a producer, Snoop Daniel. Uh, our final program together of this uh, pre-holiday weekend and the end of calendar year 2022. Jeff will be in tomorrow with the recap, the postmortem, all of that sort of stuff of uh, tonight's Valero Alamo Bowl, which, of course, you can hear on the horn uh, with our Longhorn game day coverage beginning at 4 o'clock. I think it's a two-headed monster, isn't it? Uh, isn't it, Jeff? It's part studio with guys and uh what's it? aaron said he's going to be at iron cactus i think down here yeah he will be at the iron cactus uh ball don't lie will be at the uh, lavaca street bar uh domain that's in the it. domain yes in the domain that's right so uh yeah i mean if if you're not coming down for the game that's a great place to go by i love that location of the lavaca street bar in the domain really enjoy that um and uh, and then and then of course uh, Aaron will be down here at Iron Cactus there on the Riverwalk, and then uh, of course the game itself uh, at eight o'clock. Uh, you know that's the one thing about the Alamo Bowl; it does make it a little little tedious. Is that the game is scheduled for eight o'clock, and invariably they impose the kickoff slide because of the length of the prior bowl. In this case, it'd be the Cheez It Bowl, which is Florida State in Oklahoma, and. I don't know, what do you make of that game, uh, Jeff? Do you think we're, we're, we're looking at the Alamo Bowl itself being slide-worthy at 8.15 or something by the time they kick it because of the length of what's going on in Orlando between the Sooners and the Seminoles tonight? I, I would I would hope not. I would think I would think Florida State wins that game somewhat handily. So unless you get to a situation where, you know, you're using timeouts and there's a lot of replays, yeah. that, that's one thing that, uh, you know, didn't help the uh, that great game between Arkansas and Kansas yesterday. Man, those reviews took a long time. Uh, yeah, it did. Yeah, especially. I, I I, I'll tell you what, Craig. It, it it took it took some stones to throw the targeting flag when Arkansas thought they had won the game by stopping Jalen Daniels on that run. It took right. some stones by the officiating crew to throw that targeting flag. It was the right call. But, man, that's that's one of those deals, man. If Arkansas loses, then you're thinking, man, we have the game one and then there's a targeting call. So, I don't know. It was wild. But that was a that was a great game. The Holiday Bowl was a good game. Uh, yeah. Not so much the Texas Bowl with Tech beating Ole Miss, but dude, two really good games last night. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, uh, obviously, more games today and uh, capped by – the Valero Alamo Bowl last night or uh, tonight. Hey Craig, I might tomorrow. I might do uh, what I did after the 2020 game because it was a similar deal, right? Eight o'clock kick, and then I think you were traveling for basketball. I know Snoop and I were in the studio by ourselves the next yeah. day. I was so tired. I, I I ended up taking calls, which we never do, but we wow. we ended up opening up the phone lines. So I'm like, look, I, I got I got nothing left in the tank. We'll just take some calls. Well, I I, I think you'll probably have more left in the tank for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, might have plenty to talk about about the bowl game. Two, 2020 was unlike any year in world history. 
So you have a you had a COVIDy call show is what you had. Yeah, it was. Uh, man, that that's one football season that when it was over, you're just like, I'm I'm glad we got through that. Absolutely. And, and the key was like, now, how do we get through basketball? And how do we get through baseball? Well, here's how you get through it. Tears and protocols and protocols and tears. And, and by tears, I don't mean T-E-A-R-S, although I'm sure there were plenty of those. I meant tier, like tier one, tier two, right. T-I-E-R, depending on where you broadcast from or could cover the game from, uh, your tier credentiality, that sort of thing. Um, how do you like this text, Craig? So we were talking about the Duke's Mayo Bowl, mayonnaise bit. Uh, this texture says the winning coach in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl gets a French fry bucket dumped on his head. Now, if you just if it's just plain old French fries, I can get down with that. And and the French fries, yeah, because there were, I was around some people who said, "Ooh, they were worried that somebody was just going to dump a big old bucket of big old full raw potatoes on the winning coach." Now, see, that you could know, be a hazard. It could cause bodily <laughs> injury. Yeah, with, with, with the French fries, you can just actually turn your head up and try to eat them. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, drop me in a vat of French fries, and I'll eat my way out. It'd be okay. Right. Or you could uh, do right. like you could do like uh, take the ingredients of like a loaded baked potato and mash it up in a Gatorade bucket, and then dump that on the coach on the winning coach. Dump a loaded baked potato. There you go. The fixins. You will get towels with a bucket of fixins. You know that third degree burns from scalding yeah. hot butter. Yep. Something like that. All right. Um, I, I wanted to go ahead and just tell a story and get it out of the way, and then we'll, we'll move on to other things because I've had a lot of people ask me about it. I know Bucky and Aaron talked about it this morning. Uh, and, and the reason they brought it up is because I had to email the staff last night and let them know what happened so they didn't hear things secondhand and stuff that was going on. So here it is. This is what happened yesterday. Uh, after Jeff and I did the show, from the Alamo Dome, packed up the equipment, and uh, I headed north. And with the purpose of driving back up uh, to uh, broadcast the Texas women's basketball game last night against Texas A&M Commerce. And uh, I was driving a rented vehicle uh, from a location in Georgetown, not far from where I live. So I'm driving up, and I'm going up I-35, and Jeff, we had just got through talking about how I-35 had not been too bad, right? The, the, the going down and coming up. There's a little bit, of, little bit of congestion going through shirts, as there always is, like yeah. you're going on I-35 through Round Rock. Pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty much that stretch from, like, right before you get to 410 all the way through 1604. Yeah. 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 And there was some of that. And there was some of that get, getting up to New Braunfels. But once you clear New Braunfels, things opened up again. Now, the villain of all of this um, may, may not have been the driver who actually collided with me. The villain in all of this may have been someone else that I'm going to get to in a moment or something else. But as I'm driving through San Marcos, um, traffic was pretty slow in the right lane and so-so in the middle lane uh, from folks who didn't know if they needed to get in the right or the left. So I was in the left lane with the traffic that was going at a higher rate of speed. Now, having said higher rate of speed, that's a relative term because we were only doing about 45, 50 miles an hour on I-35 going into San Marcos. It really wasn't that fast, going about 45, 50 miles an hour. We get to the part, and Jeff wanted to know specifically since 
he is a San Marcos resident, exactly where this happened. And it was on the northbound side of I-35. And it's about where you pass a slew of a chain of businesses, a lot of fast food. I remember seeing the In-N-Out Burger place across the freeway where this took place. The Aquarina Springs exit. That's it. So, but it was as I was starting to come up on it, and I'm driving along, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually listening uh, to Harge on in the in the afternoon, and and uh, I'm listening to him and Patrick. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I'm, I'm driving and I see the car in front of me brake. Hits his brake sharply, so I hit mine. And uh, he hit it pretty sharply, his brakes, and I'm, I'm coming up on him, but I'm slowing. I'm slowing to the point I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to – I had enough braking distance where I was going to be fine, where it's coming up on him. It was going to be a little bit close, but I was still going to be fine and wasn't not going to make contact with him. So I'm slowing down, and I happen to look up in my rear view at the last second to see, and I see uh, a black vehicle. That's all I can see. It happened so quick, and it's just coming at me barreling at me and I don't know if the guy hit his brakes at this point or if he never stopped he had to have been going at least 75 miles an hour at least and he slams into the back of me and like I said I'm in a rented vehicle and it was an SUV so thank goodness for that because it was large but I still felt the impact of it hard it kind of jerked me forward and back and then of course that moved me into the vehicle in front now I didn't hit him very much but bumped him, uh, and so in the immediate aftermath of what happened, I looked behind me, and the car that hit me, it just smashed. I mean, I can't even see the, the windshield. The hood is all up. It is just completely smashed up. The truck that I bumped into immediately got over on the shoulder to the right. I had to go up about another 100 feet, 150 feet, something like that, before I could get over because the, the traffic flow was so heavy. But I do get over, and I pull over, and I stop, and I get out. And the guy gets out of the truck, and he was behind me. So at first I was a little disoriented about it, and I said, and I looked at the front of his. I said, I didn't hit you. Or no, I said, you didn't hit me, right? He goes, no, 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 you bumped into the back of me. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, because I didn't see anything there. And he turns, and he goes, the guy who hit you is right over there and pointed diagonally about 200 feet behind me. And it it looked bad. I mean, you talk about a vehicle that was accordioned. It was Jeez. a Dodge Charger, and it was just smashed into, you know, squashed up. So I said, I hope that guy's all right. Well, I started to – I then saw him start to get out of his car, but I could tell he wasn't – he was not doing well. And, and I – uh, had felt a little, you know, the old neck sting or whiplash thing when it, when it hit, but but I was more concerned about what the other thing. Well, then the the emergency vehicles uh, don't get there right away, but they got there between five and ten minutes. Well, let me tell you what happened in the five to ten minutes in between. The guy who I bumped into and I, I said, well, we need to exchange information and while we wait on the police. And he said, 
I got to get going. He said, I don't have my proof of insurance with me, but I am insured. I'll let you take a picture of my driver's license. I said, okay. So he took a picture of the driver's license. He took a picture of mine, and he jumped in his truck. It's an older model Chevy pickup, and he just took off. I mean, it, it all happened so fast. I mean, I was still feeling a little disoriented about stuff. He took off. Probably two minutes later, police, fire, ambulance, they all roll up. And one car that says San Marcos Marshall, keep an eye on that, Jeff, for future reference. Uh, if Noted. You, you know, I should have run in that. She, uh, she got out. She was very helpful. She and her partner. And she was taking my statement. He went across the highway, like I said, 200 feet back to where the, uh, where the guy who hit me was. And they had to get an ambulance over there, and the fire truck was there. And, of course, all the traffic stopped. And there's, the bumper was basically off of the rental vehicle I had. And uh, I put it in the back of the car when I did. I kind of cut my hand a little bit on some broken glass and stuff. But, but she was taking the statement from me, and then she said, okay, well, wh- where's the – Where's the guy you hit? And I said, well, he took off. He left? I said, yeah, he left. Do you have any information? I said, well, yeah, here's his driver's license. He said he was insured, didn't have his proof. She goes, did you get his license plate number? I said, no, I did not. It happened so quick. She said, okay. So then she's calling that in. So then uh, the officer, her partner who was with us, went back over to that other car, like I said, and he was taking the statement from that guy who was conscious and giving a statement but then I think he was going to get in an ambulance. I don't know. They were going to have to call a tow truck because that car was definitely not drivable. But I had a hard time getting them to get me his insurance information. The, the other officer said, kept saying, well, it'll be in the accident report. We'll be in the accident report. And I'm like, I need it now. I've got to get it to the, <laughs> to the rental people. And, the, and his partner, who she was with me, said, no, we really need that. We ended up sending it on the in-car computer thing and then she wrote down the information so i got that and that was that so um they were dealing with that vehicle and then she said are you able to drive yours and i looked at it and i said yeah i think i can so i got in sure enough started it up and i drove it on to georgetown now the back end was smashed pretty good the front end had some damage to it but everything else worked and and i was able to drive it back to the rental place i called them i told them what happened uh, and of course, the, the LDW, the loss damage waiver, and all that stuff was in was in place. So all of that's fine and well and everything. But I said, hey, I'm going to bring you back a pretty smashed up vehicle. And they know me from other prior rentals with them in the past. And they're like, okay, yeah, I'm all right, I'm all right. So I. Uh, but then the other thing, consideration coming into all of this, was there was a women's basketball game to call, and I knew it was really going to be a difficult task to try to get it. That one dropped off. Give the statement all the information up in Georgetown after going through rush hour traffic, then try to get back down there. So good old Cameron Parker, Cam Parker to the rescue. He was going to engineer, uh, produce the game last night courtside. And, of course, Cameron is a skilled play-by-play guy. So I said, hey, Cam, could you fill in on that? He said, sure, and he did. And I listened to someone as I drove back last night, and he did a fine job, and all went well with that. Uh, So the bottom line on this, I'm okay um, I had friends say, hey, you may wake up with a real sore neck this uh, in the morning. I did not this morning. I, I feel fine. Um, so I'm, I'm lucky. I'm, I'm fortunate. It could have been far worse. Uh, and as the old saying goes, you know, vehicles we can fix. Sometimes people, it's more of a difficult proposition. No but, question. Uh, 
So I'm glad to be back. Glad, uh, you know, I just, at that point, Linda came by and picked me up after I dropped off the damaged vehicle. And they were like, do we need to put you in another rental vehicle? I'm like, no, the main reason I needed it was to haul a bunch of equipment down here to San Antonio. It was already in place. I was just going to be down here and, you know, up and back. So I'd had the vehicle. I was supposed to keep it till Friday anyway. I said, nope. Linda's going to come pick me up in the truck, and then we're going to head down. And so that's what we did uh, last night. So so I'm fine. Uh, I'm okay. Fortunate, all that stuff, fortunate and blessed and lucky and all of those things that it wasn't far worse. I, uh, and I never got to speak with the driver who hit me because, he, like I said, he was way across traffic. I do have all of his information, and it, uh, you know, and from here it's, you know, insurance companies process everything, and they, they do it from there. But uh, – uh, he was an Austin resident, I can tell you, and and I, I hope he, I hope he's okay. I hope he wasn't seriously injured. But he, I don't know that he ever hit the brake, Jeff. And if he did, it certainly was far too little and far too late. Yeah. Because it, when you go, when you're driving a Dodge Charger at that rate of speed, and you run into a stationary, the back of a stationary Ford Expedition, you're probably not going to win. Yeah. And uh, and it, it it did not go well for him. Um, so I mean, Here, here's I, one. we talk about Lee Johnson Ford all the time. <laughs> Ford makes some great SUVs. It wasn't my personal vehicle; it was a rental, but that was that was a really good SUV, and it took that pounding, that collision. I was able to drive it on the Georgetown after that. Two things, Craig. One, multiple textures have texted in and said tomorrow is probably when you'll feel it. Is typically two days after, so could, could be. be tomorrow. Could be. The other thing I want to know: Did anyone at the scene recognize you? Yep, it happened. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring this up since you asked. The second officer, uh, not not the woman who was taking my statement, her partner, the one who ended up going across the highway, uh-huh. he looked at my driver's license after I showed it to her. He goes, thought I recognized that voice. He goes, don't you have to do the bowl game tomorrow? And I said, yes, I have a women's basketball game tomorrow. Like, Ooh, what time's the game? I said, it's 7 o'clock, and I'm beginning to doubt that I'm going to make it in time there. They're like, yeah, it's, it's a lot of damage, blah, 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 blah. So the answer to your question is yes. So there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, um, I, I know there are bigger fish to fry right now, but that's proof that we need to expand Craig White Inc. That should be a goal in 23, Craig, get some of that NTR. You know. The opportunity maybe, is there. Yeah. Maybe if we did a – non-fungible token of the vehicle or something like that the damage goes away or something i don't know how all that works or something i that just completely nice. space out when i hear any talk about nfts so snoop yeah. snoop you're on your own that's that snoop's world the the uh, nfts right snoop the, still, uh, yeah, I'm, the, yeah the tokens the non-fungible tokens again right i guess i don't know i'm trying to learn okay all right all right coming up we have a flex 30 update and we have uh, Jeff's second-hour Longhorn Notebook as we continue with Light the Tower. Craigway with the team here in San Antonio. And uh, Jeff up in Austin. We'll continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Adam Sandler has helped reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainball.com and join the movement. Even in... Let's get some Vuvuzela for Craig's last show of the calendar year. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. You know, I thought I heard that right after the impact of the wreck yesterday. I think I heard somebody (laughs) was doing some Vuvuzela. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. Um, You know, uh, 
even in the aftermath of, of the accident yesterday, having to get all things, the vehicle dropped off, get back in another vehicle, get uh, change clothes, and then head back south and all that sort of stuff, I knew Snoop was on the beat because he texted me to say, I hope you're okay, and he texts me a photo of himself. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Snoop, you were at the girls' basketball tournament in Bastrop last night. As I promised, yes. <laughs> the GW you Blackman. You know what? I saw, man, okay, Austin High, I, I, I've been touting you all year as the favorite from this area to win state for the 6A girls, but, man, I saw Round Rock last night, and I understand why the Statesman has them ranked number one. Um, they look they look better than Cedar Park did when they uh, – they don't have Gisela Mall. And I just right. did it. I did a Zayism there, but uh, but yeah, they look so good. And they only let Crockett score three points. They weren't malicious in it. They just played their game, and uh, they are really dang good. Um, and they got a shot to win it all this year. I thought they were a college team, Craig. Um, well, I, I'm I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> you, 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 you know, uh, and I always caution you on this. Yes, you do about other teams outside of Austin, including the defending state champions from your alma mater, DeSoto. Mm. Really good again. Now they don't have Amina Muhammad. She's playing for the Texas Longhorns now, but uh, but they're but they're too. But it's good to know there are some legitimate threats. In the state tournament, would that be fair enough to say? Yes, yeah, so to, to, yes. To get the state, I think that they will. I I don't see them getting. One more thing I want to mention. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I don't know how good Stony Point basketball is, but I'll tell you this: they're undefeated, and they beat a dang good Temple team by almost thirty yesterday. Wow! And I was like, whoa, hold on. Uh, so I just said, say I I don't think we know how good this team is yet. But what they did to Temple, Temple is no slouch, and they don't get thirty burgered. And it yeah. happened yesterday. So, anyway, it's hoop season. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right, there it is, our Flex 30 update for today. And time now for our Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert, and your Longhorn lender. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com, B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, just like it sounds, bowersockteam.com. Always good to hear from Hoop Snoop when uh, Hoop Snoop is Snoop. in the house. So yeah. thank you for that. I'm Snoop. excited for it. All right, Craig, I'll run these down real quick. If you if you want to get more in-depth, you can get these. I've got these posted uh, at Horns 24-7, both three matchups to watch and three keys to a Longhorn victory. But, Craig, three keys are, number one, don't abandon the run. We talked a lot about the Texas run game again. Texas 12-3 and three under Steve Sarkeesian when they win the rushing yards. Battle. Craig, you, would you take a venture to take a guess at the one game Texas has won under Sark where they lost the rushing yardage battle? I'm going to guess. I could be completely off on this. But I, I, I'm the one game that they won when they lost the rushing battle is what you're saying? Yes. Um, I was thinking it had to be a high-scoring game. No, not went, really. It, no? Uh, oh, okay. All right. I, the, I K, the K-State game last year. Oh, okay. Remember Will Howard with a 71-yard yep. touchdown run? When, yeah, and I also remember Roshan Johnson having a big day. When uh, when Sark, when he broke that touchdown run in Sark, that was basically the last draw for Sark with some guys that he wasn't happy with their effort on defense. Uh, yes, Washington's pass defense is 
terrible. Like we talked about that in the last segment, right? Like nine, number 92 nationally, they're giving up almost 250 yards a game through the air, seven, over 7.8 yards per pass attempt. That's the third worst in the Pac-12. But Texas needs to run the ball for balance to keep that Washington offense off the field. They don't abandon the run. Try as hard as you can to establish it and stick with it. That's, Craig, really the times where Texas has gotten themselves in trouble this year. And Yes, they don't have their two they're two studs. They don't have Bijan Robinson. They don't have Roshan Johnson. But Texas ran the ball effectively. They never they ran it effectively, but they never really got it going to where they featured it in the losses to Oklahoma State and Texas Tech early in the year. So don't abandon the run. Stick with it for all the reasons we've talked about throughout the show. Uh, key number two, win on early downs. So Texas is one of the best offenses in the country. Actually, number two nationally, according to CFB Graphs. of Texas' first downs this year, Craig, have come on first or second downs. They're not even worried about getting a third down. Likewise, Texas is second in the country defensively in limiting the number of opponent first downs on first and second downs. So Texas offensively, we know at times third and and fourth down has been a struggle for the Texas offense. Uh, They were 102nd in success rate on money downs. that shouldn't bother you too much because Washington's uh, offensive success rate uh, is 119th in the country. But where the problem is, the Texas defense is 92nd in the nation in money down success rate. The Washington offense is the best in the country when it comes to success rate on third and fourth down. 60.2% uh, 60.12% success rate for the Huskies on third and fourth down. So avoiding third down. When Texas has the ball and eliminating Washington's manageable third and fourth down opportunities, they're 15 for 25 this year, by the way, on fourth down the Huskies are. Texas has to do those two things. And Craig, we talked about explosive plays. Bottom line. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And here for key three, make sure your explosive plays count and make sure there's don't. Two games that stand out to this, and it's not necessarily about limiting explosive players or winning the explosive play battle, but the losses to Alabama and TCU. Against Alabama, Texas had a plus-two edge in explosive plays, but one of Alabama's explosives was the 81-yard Jace McClellan touchdown run, and three more of their explosives came on drives where they ended up scoring. That added up to 10 points. So basically, four of Alabama's explosive plays in that game were responsible for 17 points, 17 of their 20 points. So that, while small in number, Bama made theirs count. Likewise, TCU's got one of the most explosive offenses in the country. Texas held them to seven explosive plays, but two of those were their two touchdowns, the long Kendra Miller touchdown run and the Quentin Johnson touchdown catch from Max Duggan on the busted coverage. Uh, that was also a game, Craig, Texas did not have a single rushing attempt that went for 10 or more yards in that game. Washington finished the regular season with 74 plays from scrimmage of 20 or more yards. Uh, that's uh, number 21 in the country. Uh, 29 plays from scrimmage of 30 or more yards. That's actually tied with Texas for 27th in the country. And 17 Place from scrimmage of 40 or more yards. They're tied with UTSA for uh, 21st nationally in that category. So 
Texas has to produce them and make them count on offense and don't let the ones Washington gets. Because we talked about it, Craig, they're going to get some explosive plays. Don't let them be backbreakers. In other words, if they catch the 40-yard pass, make sure it's stopped. You stop the ball and it only goes for 40. It doesn't go for 65 and a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. It it makes a big, big difference. Uh, No question about it. So, you know, uh, I, I think you always do a really good job of, of identifying in advance when you look at some of these, not only the keys to the game, but the, even the subtleties that can turn a game like that that might not be that noticeable to us up front going into a contest, but something underneath bubbling beneath the surface, yeah. all of a sudden it pops up and you're like, wow, I didn't see that coming or maybe I should have thought about that, but didn't. you know. So I appreciate you know. that, Craig. I, one, one thing I've, I've tried to focus more on throughout the year is explosive play margin because Sark is a firm believer in the philosophies and the teachings and the mindset of Bill Walsh when it comes to football. And that was Bill Walsh valued that maybe more than any other statistic in football was explosive play differential. He felt like if you had more explosive than the opponent, that was your best path to winning a football game. So Sark values that. That's why explosives to me, when you're looking at Texas under Sark, that's really one of those deals you really need to look hard at. No question about that. Okay, so uh, there is our uh, notebook uh, for this hour. When we come back, we'll have a few final thoughts uh, before we wrap it up uh, from here. And, uh, and again, of course, we've got coverage of this game uh, coming up, you know, from stem to stern, coming up uh, not only that with what's coming afterwards uh, with uh, Chad and Zay, uh, but then afterwards, uh, ball don't lie up until we begin our pregame coverage at 4 o'clock. Uh, with our game day coverage, and as uh, Jeff pointed out, uh, from uh, two locations uh, with Rod B. and Harge out at uh, Lavaca Street uh, Bar in the Domain. That's one of my favorite uh, locations for that. I really like that location there in the Domain. And then, of course, Aaron Hogan will be down here, and he is at Iron Cactus. They'll get you ready on the run-up to the network pregame at 7 o'clock with uh, Roger Wallace and Will Matthews and me inside the Alamo Dome and the kickoff at 8 o'clock for Texas and Washington. We'll be back to wrap this one up here on Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 1019 AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn. On the home stretch of Light the Tower, here's your uh, little Texas history lesson today, Snoop. You know what the story of the Yellow Rose of Texas was, don't you? Earl Campbell? Uh, well, no, no, he's the Tyler Rose, oh. not, the, not the Yellow Rose. I'll give you an A for effort, Snoop. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeff, you know the story, right? Actually, I don't. Well... I would expect, well, I'm not going to go there. I started to say with the mind you guys have from time to time. Um, you know, the, the legendary story is that the, uh, the, the Yellow Rose of Texas uh, is, is the lady that was occupying General uh, Santa Ana of, mm-hmm. of Mexico. And uh, he was supposedly... Uh, occupied at the time when Sam Houston attacked at the Battle of San Jacinto and in 18 minutes routed the Mexican army. And um, legend has us that they caught the general with his pants down, both literally and figuratively. 
uh, on that. So uh, just the rose looked like Sophia Vergara. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just say that uh, his his uh, army was not ready for what oh, happened man. that day. I, I was so. always told Santa Ana was taking a nap. That's how I learned it in school. Yeah, that's <laughs> seriously. That was our, that's what they taught us in school is that he was. Taking a siesta. Yeah. Is that he was in a nap at the time. This is a little there more. Uh, legends who suggest otherwise. Santa Ana was having some quality time. Yeah. Well, he was. Put it this way. He was. He was bivouacked. I'll just say that. He and was, no uh, texter, not that. the yellow rose over on Lamar. Nope. Nope. Not that, that one. yellow rose. Not that one. Not that one. Uh, so, anyway, all right. Uh, I should have, I should have paid to... more attention in Texas history than, you know, <laughs> see, sneaking in a Street and Smith magazine to read a college football preview. <laughs> let, me, let, let me tell you something. This is not going to surprise anybody whatsoever. Uh, I, I love my home state of North Carolina. I grew up there, and it's got a lot of rich history and, and all that sort of stuff. And the Battle of Guilford Courthouse near where I grew up uh, in, in the Greensboro area is is quite often viewed as the, what, what – really started the thing on the home stretch toward Cornwallis being beaten by General Washington at Yorktown because uh, they they got a tactical victory on the field but suffered so many losses. They had to retreat for a few months down to Wilmington, and when they went up, they were not prepared to fight Washington's troops. So uh, General Nathaniel Green and his army did that. So there's some great moments in North Carolina history, but it does not compare to the stories and the history of what you find in the Lone Star State. i got to tell you, since I've been out here, since I came out when I was 18, uh, uh, and it was a week ago and 44 years ago today that I landed in the state of Texas for the first time. And uh, the stories and the history and lore surrounding uh, this great state are uh, unmatched across the rest of the country. It's something else. Um, All right. uh, Hey, Craig, speaking of North Carolina history, you showed me uh, where Brian Taylor grew up when we were – on our way That's to right. seafood. East Carteret High School down there in Havelock down there. Yep. And you looked didn't, over there and you said, there? Didn't take me by the trailer where he that he hit where he threw out his shoulder, though. No, no. That, that was, was on the other side of that little <laughs> loop around there. I did not do that. Did not do that. But it was in a pretty remote area down in the eastern North Carolina coast. All right. Uh, it's going to uh, wrap it up for today's uh, program. And for me, for the calendar year, I'll be back in on Tuesday. I'll be traveling tomorrow with the Longhorn men's basketball team up to Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, Jeff, and I do mean this sincerely, drive it safe when you yes. come back down here. All right. Snoop, happy new year to you. Thanks uh, for everything. We'll look forward to seeing you next happy week. All right. Stay tuned. Chad and Zay are up next for our man behind the glass, our producer, Snoop Daniel, and for my co-host, Jeff Howe. I'm Craig Way. Thanks for joining us. Have a great and safe and happy new year, everybody. And we'll